course, as we move into a new year, uh, if you're like me, I really like this time of year. Uh, I really like looking forward. I love uh, looking back and thinking about what God did in my life in the last year and what he's going to do in my life in this next year. And at the end of the service, we're going to do our cards uh, that we've done around here for years and years. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to write down some things that you're grateful for as you look back this last year. And then write down some things that you'd like to see God do in your life uh, in this next year. But before we do that, I've got a couple of things on my heart that I want to share with you as we move into the new year. And I want you to settle something, okay? I want you to settle something tonight, and that is this. I want you once and for all to make sure that you know that you're right with God. I want you to settle that. Now, many of you in this room may have already done that. Uh, maybe all of you have done it. Maybe those online have done it. But I just want to take a minute tonight, and I want to talk to you about the most important decision that I ever made in my life, the most important decision you've ever made in your life, and that you make sure that you're right with God. Listen, I don't have to tell you how short life is, how brief life is. Even if you live to be 90 years old, that 90 years comes and goes. I don't have to tell you how unpredictable life can be or how fragile life can be. The most important thing you'll ever do in your life is to settle, to make sure that you're right with God to make sure that you personally know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that you know beyond a doubt in your heart that you're a Christian and that you can remember the time in your life when you gave your life to Christ. Listen, I'm so glad you're in church. Listen, it always does a pastor's heart good when you're in church. Thank you for taking time on this cold winter night when it'd be so much easier to stay home, but you decided to come out, to come into God's house, to worship Him, to praise together, to hear the Word of God. I'm so glad you've done that. But listen, it won't get you to heaven. You can be a faithful church member and die and go to hell. And that's not very popular to say. Uh, it's not very politically correct to say. And I'm not saying that any one of you are going to hell. What I'm saying is this. You can do good things in your life, but if you're not right with God, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then it, it's for nothing. Now, I want to read to you tonight. You know, I get up here and I make this statement. Hey, it's important you're right with God. And everybody in here would say, amen, Pastor, that's right. It's important you're right with God. People have all kinds of different views. They have all kinds of different ideas of what that means and what it looks like. Listen, there's only one view that counts, and it's God's. And there's only one way to know God's view, and that is to look in his Bible, look in the Word of God. So that's what we're going to do. Listen, it doesn't matter what your uncle thinks or your grandmother thinks or somebody else in your life thinks. What matters is what God thinks. Now, let me read to you. This is a very simple verse. I know many of you know it. It's Romans 10, verse 9, New King James Version. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about as we move into this new year that you settle once and for all in your life and in your heart, hey, I'm right with God. If I were to die tonight or I don't die for 30 years or for 50 years, when I die, I know I'm going to heaven and I know I'm going to be with God and I know I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says. <clears throat> if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
Let me read it to you again. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Listen, if you've done what this verse says, the Bible says you're right with God. The Bible says you're saved. Okay, it doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean you don't need to grow. It doesn't mean maybe things in your life don't need to change. But if you've done what this scripture says, if you've confessed with your mouth, you believe in your heart, hey, Jesus, you're who you say you are. I believe you died on a cross for me. You died, spent three days in the tomb, rose from the dead for me, and I need you in my life, Jesus. I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I'm a broken human being, and I need a Savior. If you've done that, you're right with God. Once and for all. I'm going to read you another verse. I want to read Romans 3.22. Now, this is New Living Translation, and I love the language in this verse, and I believe you will too. I love what it says. It says, we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Now listen, coming to church is a great place to grow in God. It'll strengthen you. It'll encourage you. You can be around other people who want to love God and want to do the right thing. All of those things that are good are happen. But the only thing that matters is the only way to be right with God is that you've placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to it again. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. The next sentence says, and this is true for everyone who believes, <clears throat> no matter who we are, no matter who you are. Now, I know this is a simple, basic gospel, and it needs to be simple, basic gospel. One of the mistakes we make in church is we can get too complicated, and I don't know why we ever do it. I want to draw a line in the sand as we leave 2021 and as we move into 2022, and I want you to make sure in your heart that you are right with God because you've placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, listen, I believe when that happens, and listen, you know in your heart. I know in my heart. It happened in my life when I was 12 years old sitting on my mother's couch in Amarillo, Texas. I know when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, I know when I put my faith in Christ. And at that moment, I became a Christian. At that moment, I was made right with God, and I've been right with God every single moment since then. Now, don't miss this. <clears throat> I was 12 years old. I'm 66. So from 12-year-old Rusty Gray to 66-year-old Rusty Gray, I've been right with God every second of every moment of that time. Are you saying you haven't sinned? Of course I'm not saying that. Are you saying you haven't made mistakes? Of course I'm not saying that. But when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the Scripture says I'm right with God. Now, when I do things in my life, there's things that I do to deal with it, and I'm not talking about that tonight. I, I certainly believe in repentance. I certainly believe in forgiveness. But when you accept Christ as your Savior, listen, you're right with God. <clears throat> I want you to carry that out of here, and I want you to know it, and I want you to settle it in your heart. Now, here's the next thing I want you to do. I want you to think about the people that you know and that you love and that you care about in your life. 
the people that are close to you, the people that you care about, the people that you love. And I want to ask you this simple question. Do you know whether they are right with God or not? Do you know whether they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ? Not do they go to church, not are they a good person, not, hey, man, that's my great uncle, man, I really love him, and, and he's such a great guy. Are they right with God? Can I encourage you? I just want to encourage you in this simple fact. Now, all I want you to do is two things. I want you to make sure in your heart that you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and that you've done what the Scripture says, you've placed your faith in Him, and you're right with God and you're a Christian. Then I want to ask you to think about those you know and love, and as you think about them, hey, maybe you, maybe your grandmother or maybe your mom or maybe your dad or maybe an uncle or maybe a guy that you work with or maybe a, a young woman you work with, are they right with God? Are they right with God? Now, I'm going to ask you to go out on a limb tonight, and I want to encourage you to talk to them. I have an uncle who is passed away now, and when he was alive, I did not know whether he was a Christian or not. And I talked to his son on the telephone, who is my cousin, and I asked him, do you know if your dad knows Christ as his Savior? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, you need to talk to your dad. You need to make sure that he has placed his faith in Jesus Christ. Because if he hasn't, his eternity is not good. And I said, and if you feel like you can't do it, okay, I'd be happy to do it. Now, listen, I'm not trying to put you out on a limb. I'm not. But I just want to encourage you. You make sure you're right with God. Then make sure the people you love are right with God. And as we move out of this year and into the new year, that you make sure that happens. Here's the second thing I want you to do. I want you to begin to think this year about what you believe. What you believe. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm amazed at how cavalier people can be about eternity. Okay, let's just talk about it as a Christian. Okay, let's say that I live to be 90 years old. All right, then I die. Well, then basically what we believe in this room is that once we die, we move into eternity, and then we exist in eternity forever. I was taught that all my life. I believe the Bible teaches it. If you've ever been to church, you, you believe the same thing. Hey, I'm going to live my life on this earth, whether I die at 14 or I die at 44 or I die at 94. I'm going to live on forever in this place called eternity. I'm amazed at how little time people will spend thinking about their eternity. It seems like all we think about is this life and nothing else. And I'm just amazed again at how cavalier, how casual people can be about something to me that is so important. 
You know, when I went to Bible school, Vicki and I were young, and we hadn't been married very long, and we lived in uh, Amarillo, Texas, and then we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to Bible school, and uh, we needed a car, and uh, Vicki's grandparents had a 67 Pontiac. Uh, I believe it was a Catalina. It was a four-door. It was about as long as this building. Now, I mean, that thing was a monster, and it was, it was a four-door uh, Pontiac. I think it was a Catalina. It was maroon, okay? And they gave us that car. They were gracious enough to give us that car, and we took it with us to Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, and it had a steering wheel, you know, about this big. I mean, that thing was, it was, it was huge. And, you know, there's no airbags. There's no safety, nothing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you've got that hard steering wheel. I, I had a 64 Impala, and the dash was metal. It was metal, okay? Think about having a wreck and banging your head on the dash, and it's made out of metal, Right? Okay, well, I drove that car in Bible school. Then when we finished Bible school, uh, we moved to Plainview, and I took that car with us, and we drove that car for years and years and years, and then God took care of us. We made more money. We were able to get rid of that car, and we, and, and we got better cars. Now, now, why are you talking about that, Pastor? Because uh, I've moved on in my life from that car, and you know I'm not thinking about having that car, or I wish I could go back and get that car. The things in my life that I've done and been through, you move on to new times and new seasons. And I'm amazed at how when you're moving along in your life, we give so little credence to eternity. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to think about what you believe. What do, you, what do you believe? Now, I want to read a verse to you. This is in 1 Peter 3.15. Listen to what this says. It says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Now, that's talking about being right with God. So if you've done that, then this verse is talking about you. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Now, let me ask you a question. If somebody were to come up to you at the grocery store and say, why are you a Christian? Why do you go to Tulia Christian Fellowship? Why do you go to Rusty's Church? Why do you go to Men's Retreat? Why, why do you volunteer in Ground Zero? Why do you take your kids to, to Ground Zero? You know, why? What would you tell them? What would you tell them? Now, I know that doesn't happen very often, and maybe it's never happened. I know people are embarrassed to talk about spiritual things. That's something else I don't understand. The most important thing in our life seems like it can be the most embarrassing thing to talk about. But if somebody were to ask you, why are you a Christian? Why are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Why? How come you're not a Muslim? How come you're not a Hindu? How come you're not an atheist? Why? Well, what would you tell them? I want you to think about what you believe and why. Now, listen to me. I know that's big, and I know it's a journey, all right? I know that. I've been on this journey my whole life, and I know many of you have too. But to begin to think about honestly, in a real way, what do you believe? What do you believe about eternity? What do you believe about God? What do you believe about the Bible? 
you know, occasionally I'll have somebody come up to me and there'll be a question, a spiritual question brought up at work or somebody will be thinking about something and they'll come up and they'll ask me, hey, pastor, you know, what, what do you think about this situation? And over the years, there's been all kinds of different situations and I'll give them what the Bible says. I'll give them uh, what, what the scripture says. And then typically, here's what they'll say. If, 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 it, if it's something that they think they don't believe in and I say, hey, I don't think the Bible says that we're supposed to do that. They'll say, I knew, I, I knew we didn't believe that. You know, or they'll say, I, I knew we believed that. It's like they're kind of unsure about what they believe. And so I want you to settle that in your life. Now, I know it could take some time to do that, and I get that. But honestly, begin to think about what do you believe? And, and why do you believe what you believe? Are you right with God? Are those you love right with God. You know beyond a doubt heaven is your home. You've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. Then the next step is, what, what do I believe? What do I believe about heaven? What do I believe about eternity? What do I believe about God? What are some, now, I know that it doesn't mean you understand everything, but you just have some basic truths in your life that you know, hey, man, I, I believe in this. I believe this is true. And I, and I can go to Scripture to back it up. Let me show you the next thing I want you to do. Matthew 6, 33. In 2022, what if you began to put God first place in your life? You put Him at the top. You put God first place in your life. Let me read to you out of Matthew. This is Matthew 6, 33. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, he was talking to a group of people who were concerned about their needs being met, and they were concerned about food and clothing and what they were going to do. And the response was, put me first, put me on the highest place, glorify me in your life, and I'll take care of all your needs. Now, I'm not here to condemn you, and I'm certainly not here to attack you, but I just want you to, right where you're seated tonight, if you're watching online, just take a moment and give yourself an honest assessment. Is God first place in your life? Right where you are, you would say, hey, I'm looking at my life, and, and, I, and all of us have a list. Hey, our families are important. Listen, my family's incredibly important to me. My wife is incredibly important to me. I love my wife, and I'm thankful for her and for my marriage, and I'm thankful for my kids and my grandkids, and I'm thankful for Tulia Christian Fellowship and Tulia, Texas. I've got so many things on my list just like you do. Where does God fit in in your life? Where does he fit in in your life? You know, many years ago when I was younger, I heard a preacher say one time, if you'll show me your calendar and your checkbook, I can tell you where God is in your life. Kurt and I were talking about it. And he said, well, you know, we don't use paper calendars, and certainly we don't. My calendar's on my iPad. He said, so maybe another way to phrase that would be, uh, let me look at your phone. Okay, let me look at your phone. And I can tell how much time you're giving to God, what you're doing with your money, and where God fits in in your life. Do you need to maybe move God up? Has he drifted down on the list? Where, where does he fit? Hey, God, I want you to be first place in my life. What does that mean? What does that look like? 
And I could talk about that the rest of the time I have tonight. But I just want you to honestly take a moment or two and think about, God, where do you fit in my life? Is he first place? And if he's not, what do you need to do differently or what do you need to change? Now, I'm not completely finished, but I almost am. But let's go back to the beginning. Are you right with God? Make sure you are. Once and for all, make sure. Then make sure those people you love and that you care about, that they know the truth and that they're right with God. Make sure that you do it. Then begin to settle what you believe. What's important to you? What's truth to you? What is it that you know beyond a doubt that you believe it? And then where does God fit in in that in your life? Is he first place? Is he second? Is he third? Is he an afterthought? Then let me give you one more thought. Let me talk to you for just a minute about prayer. About prayer. Could I get you to do something this next year? Pray more. Pray more. Who are you praying for? Are you praying for your family? Are you praying for your loved ones? You pray for people in your life that you know? Pray more. And if you've got a good prayer life, fantastic. If you think, hey, pastor, I'm praying. Hey, great. I'm not here to, we're not trying to win a contest here. It's not about who prays the longest or who prays the most. No, no, it's not about that. But are you, are you praying? As you move into 2022, if you haven't been a person of prayer, could I encourage you to begin to talk to God? If you are a person of prayer, could I encourage you to talk to him a little bit more? Talk to him about the things going on in your life. Let me read to you out of Psalm 66, verse 19 and 20. But certainly God has heard me. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away from my prayer nor his mercy from me. Listen, if you'll talk to God, I guarantee you he'll listen. Can I encourage you? If you'll talk to God, as we move into this year, if you'll talk to God, I guarantee you he'll listen. You will have his ear. He's not too busy. There's not somebody else more important. And you may think, hey, I've never prayed much, or I'm really not a person of prayer, or, you know, I I don't know about all that. Listen, I'm not asking you to be religious. I'm just asking you to talk to God. You can do it in your vehicle on the way to work. You can do it at night when you go to bed. I don't care when you do it, but just talk to God. Talk to God about your family. Talk to God about your kids. Talk to God about your grandkids. Talk to God about the guy you work with, the person you're around, the people you're engaged with. Are you praying? Now, listen, I pray. And I'm not telling, well, of course, you're the pastor. You pray. Hey, I know tons of pastors who don't pray. Okay, now, I'm not saying that to brag, I just, but I want to explain something to you. I want you to understand something. My prayer life is very important to me, and I guard it. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. I don't tell people, hey, Cheeto, I'll pray for you, but then I have no intention of praying. I don't do that. I'm, I'm, now, I've done it. I have done it. I'll tell you I've done it. But I stopped doing it because my prayer life matters to me, and I don't want to be a liar. And so I don't want to say, hey, Sean, I'm praying for you and your family, but then I'm not doing it. Let me tell you something else about prayer that's amazing. It is amazing to pray for somebody and then see them in the store. And you know you've prayed for them. And you will see that person completely different 
than if you didn't pray for them, especially if it's somebody you don't like or somebody that maybe is against you or maybe somebody that's an enemy or somebody at work you don't care for. Listen, it's so amazing. I'm telling you from personal experience. You pray for somebody, then then you see them in all steps. You see them in the dollar store. You see them somewhere in town, and you will look at them completely, totally different than when you haven't prayed for them. Now, again, I'm not, I, and I don't think it hurts to tell them, hey, I've pr- been praying for you. And it feels good to tell somebody that, hey, I've been praying for you. Hey, uh, when, I, when your name came up in my heart, I prayed for you. It's powerful. So can I just encourage you in your prayer life? If you're praying, fantastic. Pray a little more. If you're praying for your loved ones, fantastic. Man, don't be afraid to talk to God. The scripture I just read says, God hears your prayers. And Cheeto, I do pray for you. And we love Cheeto. And I pray for you in this room. Listen, if you're a part of Tulia Christian Fellowship, you're getting prayer. You are prayed for. All right, you're prayed for on a regular basis. So I just want to encourage you in that. Everybody get a card. And then I'll explain. Most of you know what to do, but I'll explain for those of you that maybe don't know what to do. All right, there's two sides. On one side, it's blue, and it says what I'm thankful for. And so what I want to encourage you to do is take time to think back over this last year and write down some things that you're thankful for that God has done in your life. Then the other side says expecting in 2022, and you take a moment and write down some things that you need God to do in this next season of your life in this next year. Then on the bottom is the verse that we feel like God gave us for the year, which is be still and know that I'm God, Psalms 4610. Remember we talked about that last week. So write down what you're thankful for and then flip it over and write down what you'd like to see God do in your life this year. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> now, of course, uh, try not to lose this card. Put it somewhere where you can look at it. Uh, hang on to it. I've got mine for years past. Uh, but put it somewhere where you don't lose it. And then, you know, get it out occasionally and remind yourself of what you're thankful for. Remind yourself of what God has done in your life and then what you need Him to do. You can use it as a prayer. Uh, you can use it as a thankful prayer, and then you can use the other side as a prayer. Talk, you know, talking about prayer. Uh, take your list of what you need God to do and talk to Him about it. And uh, watch God move. Watch God do amazing things. And so, uh, hang on to this. I so appreciate you being here. I so appreciate you doing this. I know many of you have done it for years and years. I'm always encouraged to minister to by this. Amen. All right, now, y'all go ahead and stand up. And if you're not finished, of course, take it home, and you're welcome to work on it some more. Uh, we have extra ones printed, so if you need one for somebody else, or if you feel like even you'd need to change yours, you're welcome to get another one. So let me pray for you. Father God, thank you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Father, as we move into a new year, God, I believe your hand is on our lives, and I declare your grace over us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, I love y'all. Y'all going to be blessed.